0: I do know a lot in technology Mm -hmm. and I'm really proud of that, but it took me years to actually be truly proud of it because I sat behind the keyboard. I would build other people's empires Mm -hmm. and I never really took the time to build my own. And when I really changed, I realized I can take all those skills that I have and I can really apply them towards a broader purpose.
1: And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Chris Harder Show, where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist. And the gentleman that I am sitting down with today, Jim Carter III, is A true personification of that. Now, at the core, you'd call him a tech guy. But he's so much more than that. He is a dear friend of mine. He is a business partner of mine in 4West Digital. He is a true entrepreneur that actually understands the entrepreneur's journey, whose service just happens to be tech. So everything from like building apps to building very complex funnels to drive traffic towards your website to all the forms of tech optimization you could ever imagine he and his team are experts at. Now, listen, we're not going to get granular. We're not, we're not going to make this where it's boring, where you can't understand this. We're going to be talking about some of the very simple things that you as an entrepreneur should be taking a look at. Things like site speed, things like these other little low-hanging fruit things that you probably have never considered that are sabotaging your efforts when you're trying to market, when you're trying to grow an audience. You're working really hard, and then you're wondering, where's the sales? And that's what we're going to talk about, how you can fix a lot of those things and things you should be aware of, maybe some blind spots that you have when it comes to tech. One of my favorite things about Jim, though, is that he and I share a common ethos when it comes to charity. And he has raised millions, millions of dollars, or helped raise, I should say, for charities by leveraging their tech and helping them with their tech journey. And we bonded over our love of one of the charities, Pencils of Promise, who he has personally raised over $300,000 for just in his network while helping them with their tech as well. So you're going to absolutely love this gentleman. I am grateful to have him in my life. And at the end, we'll even give you his contact info in case you need to hit him up to save you from your tech problems the way that I always do as well. So get ready. Take some notes. I think this episode is going to solve a lot of problems for you. Mr. Jim Carter, how the heck you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me, brother. So here's what's really funny. What people don't realize is behind the scenes, you and I started this interview. And one minute into it, the memory card was full. And I threw my fit that I normally throw anytime that something tech goes wrong. So I had to find a new memory card and learn how to format it. You put a new memory card in and it says, please format, like anyone knows how to do that. And So that is a beautiful segue into this episode because guys, Jim Carter, is the tech man in our lives. Like, Nick runs our day-to-day tech, but when we've got something complicated, when we've got something super advanced, when we want, I don't know, build an app or build a spaceship or you know, have our site run faster, Jim and his agency, they are the ones that do that for us. So welcome to the show, buddy.
0: I appreciate you, man. Yeah, this is a, it's a parable of life, just when you think everything is going right. Tech slaps you across the face and you got to figure it out. So this is why we're doing it.
1: Which is why we need all the Jim Carters in the world. So this is actually your second time on the show. <laughs> You've been on in a, a group capacity before. And what's really cool is that was because we were interviewing you uh, about a year ago or so on your journey, how you went from our Fast Foundations Mastermind when you were building your agency and your brand. And you graduated up into our elite level mastermind, which is everyone you know chasing down and exceeding seven figures. And that's a pretty dang cool thing to do in a record... You know period of time that you've done it, so well deserved getting back on the show and and just what a great journey to you, buddy
0: I appreciate it yeah i mean chris you i'm I'm proud to call you a friend we're we're also business partners because mm-hmm. we had worked so much together during the mastermind and everything else and i'm I'm proud to do that, but you know just uh you, you've been a great mentor and uh uh exactly what you just said, just just happy to be in the circle and uh and pay it forward the best way I can. you know,
1: let's dive a little bit deeper into what you just said. We are business partners together. We're both partners in 4West Digital, along with Nick and Andy. And guys, if you don't know 4West Digital, they are the best firm, hands down, in helping you grow your text list. If you're not growing a text list right now, I don't know what you're thinking because I talk about that all the time. And uh, also in lead generation, like helping you do nothing else other than drive massive leads to your email list. And so if you guys want to check that out, if you want to check out what Jim and I and, and Nick and Andy do... You can go check that out at 4 F-O-U-R, like the number, 4WestDigital.com. So Jim, we're business partners. We're dear, dear friends. As a matter of fact, I knew I loved you when I found out that you were running the tech for Pencils of Promise, a charity that we both love. And you know, we've been through this, this growth journey together as, as you've been growing your business. And it's just been so cool to have all these different facets of life come together with someone that you can just lean on and trust and rely on.
0: I I couldn't agree more, and honestly, it's been the ride of a lifetime over the last few years. Just because I've approached business so much differently in these past couple of years, um, very very proud to say that you you've helped guide me. You, Lori, Nick, everybody through through the masterminds, through the common bonds, through the uh, the connections that we made together, um, and I've just been having a blast doing it.
1: Jim, you're a special soul because you're not your average tech guy. You're not this 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 nerd that sits behind the computer and says, ah, you, you, you stupid entrepreneur, let me fix this for you. You're actually like marketing-minded, sales-minded. You get the entrepreneur's journey. You just happen to be a brilliant tech guy with a tech agency at the same time. So let's start with this. Tech intimidates the daylights out of me and it intimidates the daylights out of so many other entrepreneurs are listening right now. Why do you think it comes easy for you? And why do you think it's so tough and frustrating for people like me?
0: It's a great question, man. And honestly, before I answer that, I I was the nerd that sat behind the keyboard for so many years, right? And that that's what not a lot of people know about me is I've I've been a software engineer for two decades, right? I started programming when I was God, sixteen. Um, I started piecing together Frankenstein computers and just like having fun, trying stuff. But that was just my archetype. That was I'm a builder. Um, I, I I I figure it out, and that came really easy, really early to me. So. I leaned into that, and I found that I had this innate ability to build something. I I, I knew I wasn't really good with my hands, and more of like a an electrical, uh, plumbing, you know that that kind of a thing. Like I can figure it out, but I had this ability, and I had this this dream where I could see something and I could create it, and I could do it actually through software. So what I did is I really leaned into that over the years, and I found that the more that I really, really got clear on how I wanted to build something just different, how I wanted to stand out. That's what kind of drove me. But like anybody that tries anything new, you suck at it at the beginning. Yeah. Like when I first started coding, I was coding for anybody who does know tech a little bit here, like I was coding in GW Basic, DOS. For those that don't, it, you know, very early languages where it, we're, we're talking old school terminal style systems, right? Like you go to the DMV, stuff that you see when you're at the DMV, was coding and stuff like that. So we're not talking these days where it's gorgeous and you know you can make these experiential types of, you know, really rich, deep um, you know, software. I mean, we're talking really basic. Stuff. This
1: is the kind of Stoke and, Wagon of of coding.
0: Oh, t- absolutely. Um, when I was when I was, geez, a, a very early teenager, one of my first internships was uh, again, for anybody that's kind of tech here, I was maintaining mainframes. Um, was one of my first in- internships. We're talking computers that were the size of this room. But for me, I believe the reason that it does come easier to me is simply one, because I believe that I could do it. And two, I put the time in. Mm. And and like anything, I mean, Chris, you didn't just become an entrepreneur overnight. You may have claimed that you were, but you still had to put the reps in. Yeah. So for me, it was I found what I loved. I doubled down on it, tripled down for no, no nothing short of less, and just really continued to follow that passion. and. You know Malcolm Gladwell talks about the ten thousand hour thing. There, there's so many ways that we can then kind of quantify that we have started on a path and we feel that we're comfortable at it. But a big piece of it was I just believed that I knew I could make the difference that I wanted to in the world if I stayed consistent. Guys, I hope so that people. Now, I don't want to interrupt you, but easier.
1: I I really want people to grasp that he's good at it because he chose to be. And that's a great metaphor because I was sitting here realizing as I hear that you said I could probably figure a lot of it out. But what do I do I don't choose to learn it I, I throw a fit instead so if I shifted my mentality right if I if I opened myself up to if I wanted to be good at this what's the first step I would take then I could start to learn more and become more comfortable with it so I don't just mean this as a metaphor for people listening right now who get frustrated with tech I mean this like you're putting it as a metaphor for everything whatever it is that intimidates you right now you can become proficient at it you have to choose to want to learn how to do it and that's that's impressive and now it now it makes sense now i understand why you are marketing minded and why you're so personable and why you're not like the average tech person that we picture but you're good at tech it's because you already had the dynamic personality and you just chose to become good at this thing and 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 took on took on the
0: learning of it absolutely you know that today actually on instagram i i posted something i was thinking about you, you know the old uh the old adage like where there's a will there's a way Mm -hmm. right like we grew up listening to that parable and I, i was walking tonight and i um so my kids are going to the ymca this summer just like we're finally past covid they get to meet other kids it's the summer program they're having a blast and on the side of the ymca they have a sign that says not just the y or the y not what was it again the y more than just a gym that's exactly what it said it was just today so so pardon me but it got me thinking about like the why. And I realized rather than where there's a will, there's a way, I actually believe that where there's a why, you have a will oh. because the will is the how, right? Or excuse me, the way is the how. Mm-hmm. So if that's the resistance, like figuring it out, then all you have to do is raise a necessity and you can figure it out uh, so much easier. And this was something that I was just really thinking about today. So it's, it's wonderful timing that we're talking about this. But I mean, dude. Just the beginning of this podcast, we we're talking about how there was tech trouble, right? Like, yeah, you threw a fist and you were like, ah, I'm you know, whatever. But all I did was Google how do we format the card for the device and how do we get through it, and we figured it all out. It, guys, plot twist: I Google everything. Also, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't have this like special layer of access to knowledge to technology that nobody else has. And I believe, I truly believe that when you accept it. And just like anything that you're good at when you believe that you can figure it out, it can come to you. You just have to be willing to receive it.
1: So a lot of these people could be solving their own problems. They don't have to run out and pay somebody right away and they don't have to be frustrated and they don't have to be stressed out the way that I allow myself to get. So let's actually let's start to point this towards them a little bit more. Here's what I really wanted to ask you. The further I get into my business journey, the more I learn about these little things that sabotage my business that I don't even realize. Like I'll work really hard at building an audience. And I'll work really hard at marketing. And I'll work really hard at building a great product. But then something dumb like how slowly a site loads will totally sabotage all those efforts. And I would have never thought of that. So give me three to four things that's sabotaging our efforts as entrepreneurs that we need to go take a peek at or that we need to address so that all of our hard efforts actually pay off.
0: Absolutely, man. So, let's just start with the first one that you mentioned, site speed. Um, we as humans these days have the attention spans of fruit flies. Uh, we all mm-hmm. know it. And yeah, well, me too. And <laughs> Chris just raised his hand on Zoom just in case you all couldn't see. And for, for the lack of a better term, if we don't have the patience, nobody else is going to. So think about it. Open your website. Does it take more than half a second to load? For most humans, it does. And that's okay. But because it does, that means that pretty much everybody else is going to get impatient and they're just going to be like, I'm done with this. I'm going to move on to something else.
1: I do it all the time, by the way. Like I'll, I'll be on someone's site, it's not loading or it's taking too long. I'm like, ah, screw it. I don't want to see that anyways.
0: We all do. Yeah. We we all do. I do I do the same. I have the same amount of patience as you when it comes to that kind of stuff. And um, I'm the kind of guy where like, I'll be out to dinner with my wife. And like now we always scan the QR code to like pull up the menu, right? This is life that we live. And... Everybody else may not see it, but I'm the first one to notice that like, it's not secure or it doesn't load right or anything. And it drives me absolutely insane because I know what to look for. But when you take that step out and you just you, you put on your normal human being hat, you say, well, if I'm not appreciating this experience, why would one of my customers, why would one of my, my, my close friends, why would somebody who you know, may want to invest in me, whatever my business is, whatever my passion is, why would they care? So those are actually the first two that I want to talk about is speed and security right two very big maybe ominous words but i'll break it down really simple when we think about site speed we now live in an on-demand economy right everything is delivered to us right chris we are having this this you know chat remote but i didn't have to fly out for this you didn't have to fly out to me like we we were chatting today and we're like let's do this so we got on this call and we're having this awesome chat we're so accustomed to the fact that we want it now the Amazon Prime effect. If I can't have it free and delivered within 24 hours, I almost don't want it. And say what you will about that psychology and what it does to us, but that's just what we live in. So really getting clear on how fast your site is, your you know how quick it can be before somebody books a calendar event with you, um, the response time that it takes to turn around something. Again, why we believe in text messaging as a platform, why people can connect with us so they can they can get in where they're at. We can chat with them, not just on your website, but thinking about the technology that you employ and part of your brand. How quick is it for the person to actually work with you? I'm going to jump in a here really real, big real quick.
1: Principle. You, a, a term that you and Nick have really taught me over the years. These are points of friction. And when there's points of friction, people leave. And so these may seem like small, like, oh, my site speed, oh, my security. The minute there's a point of friction, people leave. So. You're working your tail off to drive them to go look at your, pop or your product that you know they need. And then they just leave because it's taking too long to load. That's the point of friction. That's what you're talking about.
0: Absolutely. And uh, let's just do number one and two, site speed and security. Right. So first being site speed, you just want to get that experience to them as quick as humanly possible. And if you were going to invest anything in today's day and age, I want you to invest in site speed. Okay. So. Call your web person. Call your web host. Do whatever it takes, and just say, "How do we get my website loading faster?" That's that's number one. Number two is security. A week doesn't go by, a month doesn't go by, where we hear about another data breach. We hear about another, you know, issue where everybody's concerned about what Facebook's doing with our data. And you just, we're all so kind of soul crush immune to the fact that we know all of our data is out there. If anybody wants to find any information, they can find it. Even if it's not top of mind, it's in the back of our mind. Yeah. So when there's the first hint that your customer, that your potential investor, that, that somebody who trusts you to exper- have an experience with them digitally doesn't feel secure. I mean, how even Zoom these days will like, put a little badge if somebody's not using the latest version of Zoom and you're like, whoa, do I trust them? you are like, mm-hmm. of course you trust them, but they just have to upgrade their software. So when, when, you, when you think about it like that, okay, when you take that step back, and you realize security has to be top of mind in today's day and age. If your website isn't secure, if the PDF that you link to, you know, throws a message up on the browser that says, "Oh, click here to do that," nobody is going to do it. And I see it time and time again. That was an example of like seeing the restaurant menu and seeing not secure in the little browser. You know, my no, wife is just like, "Let's equivalent. go look at the cocktails." For me, I'm like, "No, it's not secure. I care."
1: It's like when you're walking <laughs> in the restaurant and they have the little. Um, Health code grade in the window, and it says B B plus or or C plus. Like I ain't eaten nowhere that doesn't have an A on the little you know Department of Health code rating in the window.
0: That's what this is. Very true. It's so true. And with that, we have to ask why, right? So, what are they skimping out on? Where are they getting around? Like, what what are they? Are they trying to hide something, or are they just lazy? And the last thing you want is your potential customer to ask those questions about you. Like why would anybody want to question your integrity? Mm -hmm. So it's something as simple as and there are so many free ways you can do it. There's so many cheap ways you can do it. Just being mindful of those two things will completely change your business.
1: So speed and security. What else are are these these points of friction or these, these sabotaging tech things that we should be aware of that we're probably not paying attention to?
0: So those would be, I want to say, the low-hanging fruit, even though they may seem big and obvious, uh, um, big and ominous. Being mindful of them and just being comfortable with them, getting them out of the way and and just making sure they're done is great. So think about it a little bit differently. I actually want to bring up the idea of data and tracking your metrics. I am a massive believer in being Mm data-driven in as much as humanly possible. and when you are putting your work out there, trying to grow, your, you know, whether it's your podcast, your show, your, your YouTube channel, just blog posts, or just even Instagram. If you're not looking at your data, you're shooting yourself in the foot because you don't know how to truly measure your growth against your base. Give us a layman's example. Absolutely. Let's say that you really believe that blogging is your passion. And it's more than just passion, but you actually want that to be a core piece of your business. If you never see how blogging turns into ROI for you, how are you going to truly believe that it's worth your time to continue? Mm-hmm. Another example, the podcast. So Chris, you, I know you and I know that you do track downloads. I know that you do have an understanding of the growth of your podcast. Mm-hmm. But how would you know that you're impacting people if you didn't actually track that, that data? How would you know that your message is actually getting out there and it lights you up and it fires you up to go share that message and to bring in guests and to talk and to continue? If you're not tracking it, you're not making those data-driven decisions. Whether it's up or down, you at least need to know that you're on the right track. So if you don't have any awareness of what you're doing, if you never look at that insight screen on Instagram or anything else, how how do you know what to measure against? How do you know where to put your effort? This is a great
1: heads up. I bet so many people right now, they're, they're posting and they're doing all the things trying to, to get an audience, trying to get a customer, and they're not even looking at their insights screen on Instagram to say, oh, which types of posts are popular? Which types of posts are getting shared, right? They're not looking at the share metric. What types of posts are getting saved? And without looking at your metrics and measuring your metrics, then you're not measuring what's important. And you're just kind of pissing in the wind for lack of a better
0: term. Absolutely. It could be as simple as understanding what, what, Day of the week actually does best, right? So, for for everybody that has this, you go to your insights and you look, and it gives you everything from your demographics, you know, male, female, uh, it tells you age ranges, it tells you locations. And even if all you do is you take just a snapshot of where you are today, data is going to start to tell you a story. And coming from your tech guy, data is the most beautiful story you could ever be read. <laughs> because somebody else is reading it to you. They're, that's the beauty of data is it's, it's telling you the story that you can actually then craft how you want your journey to go. So let's say you pull up your insights and it says, Wednesday is your most engagement you know producing type of day. Well, if you're going to launch a program, if you're going to tell the world that you're doing something that matters to you, if you're announcing that you... Are getting engaged if you're announcing you know, something at your child, it's something that you truly want to get out there. Are you going to post that on the lowest engagement day? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. You're going to do it on the day that matters. So if we're talking about incremental gains over a long period of time, Chris, in your words, you said this before, like incremental gains consistently over time change the world. Yep. So how do you know how to make those incremental gains if you don't check tape? If you don't go back and you actually figure out what it is that is helping you quantify the growth?
1: What about SEO? If we're talking about, you know, things that we should be measuring, is that still a thing? And 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 just in like a one sentence for the people that don't quite grasp SEO, can you describe what it is?
0: So, one sentence, one word answer. Yes. <laughs> SEO is still alive and well. And it's
1: search engine optimization. So what does it do? It search just engine optimization. helps you what?
0: So really really clear here to be uh to be clear on terms you may have heard two terms there's SEO and SEM okay. um SEO and SEM SEO is search engine optimization SEM goes by a couple different phrases but basically it's search engine marketing okay. and SEM typically means what paid efforts are going into things um looking at it more holistically of like this is how I'm showing up as a bigger brand so just talking about SEO as simple as that word is broken down it is Search engine optimization. What are the things that you're doing to optimize your website for search engines? And really, Google is the winner. Mm-hmm. There, there, you know, some people use Bing, some people use Yahoo, but at the end of the day, Google is the titan in the ring. So we'll just talk about Google. I love to explain SEO in three very simple pillars. There's original quality content, there's the experience that you give people when they land on your site, and there's The who cares factor, who's promoting you, who's linking to you, who is talking about you, Mm -hmm. and when you put all three of those together, it actually creates magic with SEO. You can still grow by just having one or two of them, but when they all come together, that's when you really start to rise up in the search engine rankings. That's when you type in "mastermind," Chris Harder is going to start to show because he creates original content, he provides a great experience when you get on the site and you talk about that, and he has people that are promoting it, bringing people back, talking about it, being his biggest fan because people want to be part of it. So if you if you think about what your key terms are for your brand, the things that you want to be known for, the things that you want to raise authority in, ask yourself, are you creating original quality content around it? Are you providing a fast, secure, really wonderful site for when they get to your site and they're they're enjoying and consuming it? And at the end of the day, who cares? You know, you, you can have a beautiful website. You can, you can be producing all this original content. But if nobody knows about you, if you just bought the domain today, I hate to break it to you, but Google doesn't know, like, and trust you yet. You probably heard those terms mm-hmm. come up a lot as well. Those aren't just terms that are thrown out there. Like, those are ingrained in the psychology of the algorithm. And Google or anybody else can know, like, and trust you. then again, that magic starts to happen. So SEO is a big beast. right? And it is not a quick ROI endeavor. It's something that does take time. It does take investment. But you can start simple. And as long as you're following those principles, I guarantee... That I, nobody can promise SEO rankings. But I guarantee with that effort, over time and just focusing on those pillars, things will start to rise for you.
1: So you're telling us it is something that we should invest in. Um... in some time, money, and energy into optimizing.
0: Absolutely. And I say this out of love and transparency for the industry, but also the fact that we are all busy and we all have a lot going on. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'll talk to people when they... Consulting calls, the, you know, hey, what should I start working on? In a lot of cases, it actually just makes sense to like focus on social media. Because most brands, that's where we're at. That's where where we have our audience.
1: It feels like instant gratification.
0: it, It totally does. It's quicker ROI. It's instant gratification. You get that feedback loop. And it, let's be honest, it kind of sucks to you know, post a beautiful blog post and then realize nobody's reading it. Yeah. But when you realize that when you do it right, when you post that blog post, Google Spider is going to crawl along, it's going to find it, and it's going to lock it away in its vault, And it's going to remember that it found it maybe today. So months later, years later, it's like, oh yeah, Chris was the first person to talk about this thing. Chris was the first person to actually say this is what it should be. Chris was the first person to give that quote. And the more repetition that you can put in to planning that flag in the ground, if you will, claiming those keywords, those sentence structures, those fragments, just think about what goes into a really beautiful written piece of work. You're going to get that credit for it. And, and that's why I typically like to say, invest before you're ready in SEO, but don't let it crush your bank account. Because you simply want to start that, That sort of momentum. And a lot of times people also ask me, I'll just get right to this, is how often should I be posting to my website? And the answer is it could be once a month or it could be once a day. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is, be consistent. Because like anything, consistency is key, especially for SEO.
1: You just talked about our bank accounts. I want to go there for a minute. Things like SEO, they can cost a lot of money to do. So most people listening, they have small budgets. So here's the... These tech things we are supposed to be addressing, but they have small budgets. How much of someone's budget, let's say their, of their monthly revenue, should go towards investing in their tech? And what are the best bang for your buck things that they should start investing in first?
0: Yeah, man, I love that question. And the answer, unfortunately, is not simple because everybody's business is a little bit different, right? My business, um, I don't currently have a podcast. So I don't take into consideration the cost of production and you know putting that out there. But I love serving other people with podcasts. So I see a lot of it. I like to sort of think of it in two different buckets. If technology is your business, like if everything you're doing is technology-based, then honestly, a majority of your budget should be reinvesting back into it if you truly wanna see that growth. And I know that's kind of a relative answer, but it's because everybody's business is relative to what they want.
1: Right.
0: But let's just say for the kind of the standard issue business where they're on one channel and they wanna start growing. Yep. They, they wanna to continue to get out there. I would actually put it more towards like 15 to 20%. Okay. And the reason that I chose that number, some may think that's really high, others may be like, that's it, is because tech is one piece of the puzzle for you. Right? We're not talking about the cost of Slack, Asana, or, or you know, whatever else. We're talking about the real technology that drives you forward. Yep. The, the ability for you to get your message out there, to continue to grow. So if you're not allocating that much towards your channel, what are you doing? Right Like like do you just want to be one channel, and that's the only place people can consume your content, or do you really want to get out there? So I, I would say first, kind of have that inflection point and ask, what do you want? You know, do you, are you trying to build an app? Well, you better believe that you better focus a lot of your budget on on an actual budget, or excuse me, a lot of your budget on your technology, like your software platform. But if you simply want to take your message and get it out there, there are ways to optimize that budget to get a lot further. But I would definitely shoot for more the 15 to 20% range.
1: That's a great recommendation. And then um, in terms of the... Like you said, everyone's business is different. So you can't tell us where to put that money. But are there some no-brainers that we should first put that money towards? Like earlier, you said site speed. Anything else?
0: I think there are. And again, everybody's business is a little bit different. But thinking about some really simple ways to maybe zoom out and look at your tech from a high level. Mm-hmm. So. There, there's a couple tools that... Um, I'll, I'll just talk about them right now. I'll give them away because I, I love some of these things. Zapier.com. Mm-hmm. For anybody who's not ever heard of that. It's I've heard sort of it. Like I don't a, even know what it does. It's, it's a way of connecting services together. Okay. So for example, every time somebody fills out a form on your website, it pushes it into your email marketing service. Okay. Every time somebody books a call on your Calendly, it sends a notification in Slack. And it's just it's a way to really cross connect a lot of different services but the beauty of it is you don't need to code for it you uh, excuse me not have to write code for it you don't have to pay somebody a developer to do things so a lot of times we get hung up by figuring out that how right like we were talking about that the will of the way but if you just remember all i need to do is i need to amplify my message and do it in a way that fires me up something that gets me really willing to get out there then start asking questions. Um, What I like to do is, and I do this all the time, find somebody that's doing what you want to do and simply ask them, how did you do this? Who did you hire? Where did you get that done? People love talking about themselves. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't they want to tell you about something that influenced you in a wonderful way? So Chris, we've talked about this. Like, hey, how are they doing this? You know, what is this? How can we do it better? A lot of the times, just like to ask and people like to share it. So... Um, those are a couple tips that I that I love. Zapier, uh, z a p i e r dot com. Um, it's a Wade Foster company. He's been doing it for years. Um, I use it. It runs a good minority of my businesses. Uh, it runs pieces of Four West. <laughs> you mm-hmm. probably never knew that. But never hey, knew it. That, that's what it is. I'm glad that, That's what that's what gets things running. Um, you know, and just thinking about a couple other things. Where can you put your budget? Where can you be open to new ideas? So asking people how they did it. Simple, but it works. Uh, Zapier to connect different services together, so you don't have to hire a coder. Another thing that um, I can throw out there that that I love is I like to just give the permission that you don't have to have a WordPress site. A lot of times, people will be like, "What's the best platform to use?" You know, what should I pick? It's a it's a big question because you don't want to go down that road if you're building a website or you're rebranding and you don't want to pick the wrong one. There is no wrong, but feel free to be open to using those out-of-the-box type of website builders because if it gets you to market and it starts that process, the best position to be in is to be making a ton of money and then invest in sort of changing it out later. So you don't have to go down that 100% custom, 100% I'm going to figure it out along the way type of thing. You can use the template. Nobody's going to judge you. Google won't judge you. So... Your customers sure won't judge you. So, a, f- a few other ideas there.
1: Uh, let, me, let me switch modes real quick here, just because we're, we're getting towards the end. You and I immediately bonded over a, a love of charity. And in, in one case, it was Pencils of Promise, but that's not the only one that you love and support from a tech standpoint with everything that you're talking about. Where did that side of you come from? Why is it so important for you to take your tech skill, your tech prowlness, as I would say it, and apply it towards Pencils of Promise and other charities?
0: I love the question, man, and I still dig deeper all the time to always see if I can find kind of like a like a deeper route to that. For me, I grew up in service. Uh, I'm an Eagle Scout, so I've been in the Boy Scouts of America since um, you know my dad missed achieving that rank um, by one merit badge when 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 he was young. And uh, when my parents found out that I was going to be a boy, I swear it came out like Lion King, he held me up. He's like, he's going to be an Eagle. Like, we, my mom and I I joke bet about you don't that.
1: know this. My grandpa was the first Eagle Scout in Wisconsin.
0: I am so proud to hear that. I did not know that. Yeah. How did we not bring that up? Yet? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah,
1: that's uh, <laughs> Russell Harder was the first Eagle Scout in Wisconsin.
0: I love it. Well, I'd give him a left handed handshake if I can meet him. <laughs> uh, and that's just an insider uh, Boy Scout thing because uh, left hand is closer to the heart. And that's actually sort of a parable to it is in scouting, there, there are so many principles that you live by that when you say something enough, they just get ingrained in you. And you know, in, in scouting, I'll just rant this off if there happens to be any scouts you know, listening. Um, there, there are principles that you live by. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent those are the 12 points of the scout law. And I'm 40 now and I can still repeat them like the back of my hand. Wow. And no matter what, the things that you believe in stick with you. So, you know, my long story kind of shortened down is I grew up in service and I loved doing it and I met a lot of great people and I lo- I learned how much that that mattered to me to be able to give first and, you know, worry about myself a little bit less later. But I really kind of grew away from that. Not by design, just by life. And as I sort of strayed further and further away from it, um, it dawned on me how much I missed it. And years back, um, Pencils of Promise, which is the charity that we both love and support, the founder had written a book. And at the time, I was I was kind of just floating around, just kind of chasing the money. I you know, be honest, I, I wasn't happy, but I was just doing my thing. A good friend of mine was a good friend of the founders. Um, got an early copy, posted on Instagram. Was just like, you have to read my buddy Adam's book. And I took that recommendation and I bought the book and I couldn't put it down. And it was this simple story about how an average guy started to make a massive impact with you know twenty five bucks in the checking account to open a charity and having this vision of, of affecting what would be this you know new global charity. And I really found myself in him because I was able to relate it to those those points and the reference that I learned very early on, and it changed me. Like it just fundamentally changed me. And with that, I realized, you know, I do know a lot in technology, mm-hmm. and I'm really proud of that. But it took me years to actually be truly proud of it because I sat behind the keyboard. I would build other people's empires, mm-hmm. and I never really took the time to build my own. And when I really changed, I realized I can take all those skills that I have and I can really apply them towards a broader purpose. And for the same thing, same, one of the same reasons that I, I love about what you're doing, Chris, to get your message out. Good people make good money. They do great things. I found, well, I can do a lot of great things too. And if I apply what I know towards an industry that is so in dire need of it, magic can really happen. Dude, when good and people... that's both... what's led me.
1: I literally just realized what good people... Build good skill sets. They can do great things. Like That's exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it doesn't... And, and actually, just to take that one step further, my impact with Pencils of Promise, I, I'm really proud that, that personally, I've helped raise almost $300,000 for that organization.
1: Man, let, and, people, like, let people sit on that a minute. You have personally raised, not just plugged some shit in and made sure it worked. You have personally raised $300,000 through your network.
0: Through technology, promise. through the efforts that I put in, yes. And I am so, so proud of that. Even bigger than that, since I made this fundamental change in my ethos, the way I wanted to show up, I am also very proud to say that I've helped raise over $20 million for charities across the globe wow. through various technology things that I've done, whether it's helping with fundraisers or tech for events, or um, I helped bring in over $8 million in cryptocurrency through a massively generous donor. And all of these things, it wasn't because I wrote a check. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna be really honest and open with this audience right now. I'm not the kind of person that can just open my checkbook and just write, write, a bunch of, write out a bunch of money. And I, I honor that. But what I can do is rather than giving my treasure, I can give my time and my talent. Mm. And I have seen so much impact in the world come from just being open to that and leaning into it that I realize, you know, I'm so grateful that my parents brought me up in the scouting world and they gave me those, those skills and the, the, the ability to be open to receiving that once I positioned my professional life with my personal, everything really unlocked for me. And that's exactly why I do what I do. And I love simply now helping nonprofits, uh, change makers, uh, people who just want to get their message out and affect people in a broader way do what they do because that's that skill set that I've got, and I know I can make a bigger impact on the world using
1: it. Oh, I hope everybody grasps that. Like, if some people can write some checks, that's great. But more importantly, if you can lend your skill sets, like there's there's something that everybody can do to move the needle for the causes they care about, and I freaking love that. So thanks for being an inspiration in that department. Do we dare give people a resource to reach out to you if they need any help on their
0: tech? Of course. This is what I do, man. I love it. I, um, I, I got two ways that uh, people can connect. Um, one, obviously... Actually, three. So one, on the text messaging and uh, the paid marketing side, um, that's what we love to do with 4West. Um, as, as Chris mentioned in the beginning, we're partners in it. We love growing that and uh, just serving people. So if that is something specifically that you're looking for. Uh, you can book a call with us. You'll probably get me or you'll get Nick. Uh, but we'll 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 talk about how that can help you. Um, more broadly than that, how, can, though, they book a, can, how just,
1: can they book that call?
0: Um they can go to forwestdigital.com. We we have a link there um, on the site for those specific services. For other things, like really taking ownership of your site, um increasing site speed, uh, content marketing, um, even just doing more with what you already have and really trying to grow your message. Uh, my agency is CauseHack, CauseHack.com. Um, a lot of you have heard the term growth hacker. Well, the reason that I go by CauseHacker is simply because I wanted to be a growth ha- I was a growth hacker for so many years and I got tired of doing it for money. I yeah. wanted to do it for a purpose. So uh, I started that agency. and proud founder of that. Um, and you can book a call with uh, with me or my team at CauseHack.com slash growth call. Um, or if you just have a tech question, I love helping people try to get clear on what it is that they need and, and just guide them in the right direction. Um, happy to share that number too. It's 310-496-3389. So you can shoot me a text and we can chat about it. I just love guiding people in that direction and helping them find their magic to uh, to be able to influence in a bigger way.
1: Give that number one more time where can they text you?
0: Absolutely. It's 310-496-3389.
1: Man, you are a stand-up dude. I'm grateful to have you in, in my life. It, you not only saved my butt. Many times, but you inspire me many times. And you are just fun to collaborate with, and you, you're fun to build businesses with, and you're fun to, to do life with. So, thank you from the bottom of my heart, not just for being on the show, but for being you and, and for being the, you know, showing up the way that you show up in this world. It's a real um, blessing to have in our life.
0: You're so welcome, man. And um, I can't thank you enough, too, for the guidance that you gave me over the years to the masterminds and our friendship. So, I'm um, happy to be here, help out this community. And uh, let's do it again. Just getting
1: started, buddy. All right, guys, reach out to Jim if you have any tech questions, if you want to help or if you want us to drive traffic to your lead sources. Nobody does it better. So go check out Jim uh, in the show notes. We'll put all the ways to contact him in there. And uh, make sure you hit him up on Instagram. Are you still at CauseHack on Instagram?
0: Uh, At CauseHacker. At You can find me
1: on either way. All right. At CauseHacker on Instagram. Hit him up and tell him what you learned and what you appreciate about this episode. Jim, my man, thanks for being on.